0: Anyway, I get to carry on in Luke, in the book of Luke this morning, and it's been a really, really challenging one for me, or in, encouraging. You look, it's better to look at it as encouraging <laughs> rather than challenging, because challenging doesn't sound so great, does it? But it is encouraging, and so I pray that you are encouraged, challenged, encouraged this morning by our passage And yeah, I'm glad that I don't have to be alone in it. I can walk it with you together. So we're going to Luke chapter nine and we're reading verses 21 to 27. So for those of you that haven't been here before, or maybe you're feeling new. What we've been doing is we've been going through the book of Luke and we've been looking at Jesus, looking at Jesus' life. And so our statement is, wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. And so we can't be like Jesus if we don't know Jesus, can we? So we're looking at Jesus through the book of Luke. And so it starts off. Jesus, verse 21 to 27 Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone who he was. The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God. You can probably see why I may have been a little challenged as I've been looking into this passage. So here Jesus begins to reveal the plan, his plan, God's plan to his disciples. He begins to reveal it, that he's going to suffer, as we heard about through communion this morning. He's going to suffer. He's going to be rejected. And, and you know it's interesting that it's particularly by the religious ones, God's people, God's people of that day, that he'll be rejected by. That he'll be killed, but then he'll be raised from the dead on the third day. It always amazes that me that he actually spelt it out like that, yet still they didn't really get it, did they? As will we see as we read on further and further. They still didn't really get it, but he did reveal it right there, what was going to happen. And then he says, he, then he turns to the crowd, and then he says, if any of you, this is verse 23, if any of you wants to be my follower, his follower, is anyone here a Christian? Yeah, we've got a few Christians in the room. Is anyone a follower of Jesus Christ? Yes, Christ ones, Jesus followers. So if any of you wants to be my follower, here we are, a number of us here in the room together. He says, you must give up your own way. Whew, we must give up our own way. Just like that. There's a command. You must. It's a really good question to, I guess, like Naomi, I love the way she put it, that daily, 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 daily assess, am I living to my own way or am I living to his ways, his plan? My plan, his plan. My purposes or his purposes? Am I living To His way, am I giving up my own way? A good question to ask, because He says you must. You must give up your own way if you want to follow me. If you want to be a Christian, give up your own way. Then He says, take up your cross daily. Daily, take up your cross. When He said that, there weren't people walking around with crosses around their neck. The, cr- the whole thing of the cross was not like a religious symbol at that point of time. The cross was something that people did know that, oh, oh, the cross is used to kill people. That's what they knew it as. So I guess it's a little bit like us saying or him saying then, take up your coffin or maybe your electric chair or the way that we would see as somebody executed, take up that electric chair every day. Take up your coffin, purchase your coffin every day, every day. Be prepared to die to yourself every day, every day. Our selfish ways. Maybe our comfortable, neat and tidy ways. Take up your cross daily, daily, each and every day. Am I prepared to put my neat and tidy, comfortable ways to death every single day? And follow me, he says, and follow me. Verse 24, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Basically, he's saying that again. Put your ways aside. Live for my plans and purposes. Be prepared to purchase your coffin daily. Die to myself daily. Verse 25, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost or destroyed? Jesus, earlier in, in the book of Luke, we saw him when he was tempted. He went to the desert after his baptism and he was tempted by the devil. And the devil actually tempted him around just this around get, gaining the whole world. You know, the devil said, Well, look at all this, the kingdoms of the world. I could give you authority or fame. Do you want fame? Fame over, you know, that's quite tempting, isn't it? Fame over the whole world, or over the kingdoms of the whole world. Jesus was tempted by that in return for worshipping the enemy. What may seem a temporal gain to us or maybe to Jesus at that time, surely he was tempted. It would have been good. He wouldn't have had to go to the cross. He knew that was coming up. But what may seem like a temporal gain to us sometimes becomes the eternal loss. If we gain everything and it's not according to his ways, not living for him, then there is eternal loss. Verse 26, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when He returns in His glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Verse 27, I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God. As a Christian, we're, you know, we're, a number of us have put up our hands, we're Christians, we're Christ followers. We can... I think sometimes we can make it. I'm talking for myself here. We can make it easy and comfortable. We can make it an easy and comfortable life. We can, we can, you know, it's quite nice, isn't it, to be in relationship with God. It's more than quite nice. It's amazing. And so we get to, you know, get up in the morning feeling right with God, being right with God. We get to rise and say, I love you, Lord. You're with me today. We get to maybe, you know, we be nice to other people. Be nice to your kids, maybe. Be nice to your spouse, maybe. Be nice to your friends. Maybe we've read the Bible. Hopefully we read the Bible. And we get to play some nice worship music, you know, maybe a podcast, maybe a sermon. You know, it's really good. It's lovely being a Christian. Go about our day worshipping Him. Some great music, maybe we've got that song in our mind, Waymaker. You know, and we maybe we've learned a memory verse and we're feeling really good because we've learned the memory verse. And I know Pastor Ray's amazing at that one. Maybe we've been to our activate group. We go along to our activate group, and that is fantastic because you know we've got the sense of belonging. And we've done a great Bible study. Maybe, maybe we've prayed for one another. Maybe some people have prayed for us, and we're feeling extra amazing. And that is all incredible. They are all good things. We should be doing all of those things. However, I've been challenged that, yes, I can do all of those things, and it's wonderful being a Christian, but am I prepared to die to my neat and tidy and comfortable ways? Am I prepared to die to myself? Am I prepared to get a little bit uncomfortable every day? To maybe... Be obedient to his command and tell others about him. Tell others about this relationship with God that I have. Am I prepared to share with my friends and my family? Am I prepared to share with my workmates? Am I prepared to share with strangers about Jesus, who Jesus is to me, how I get to wake up right with God every morning? Am I prepared to be unashamed of him? Am I prepared to be unashamed of his message every single day? Am I prepared to maybe step out and do that and then be hassled, to be rejected, to be dissed? Man, I take my hat off to some of these youth that we're hearing about. I don't know if you've heard these, some of our youth from Activate, they're, they're gathering groups in their schools and they're meeting together and praying with one another and they're inviting other, other friends into, into the group. And if some of the friends don't come, sometimes they wander around the school and they say, come on, oh, do you want to come to the group? Oh no, well, can we pray for you? Wow, I take my hat off to them. That is courageous, isn't it? Am I prepared to do that? Am I prepared? You know, they get, they ha- they get dissed. They get hassled. But they're like, nah. oh, well, at least I'm, I'm being obedient. Wow, wow, am I prepared to do that? I did not do that at school. I did not do that at school. I take my hat off to them. Romans 8.18, my son actually tells, the, tells me about this verse often. He says, "'For what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory "'that will be revealed to us later.'" What we suffer now is nothing. If I get a little bit uncomfortable, if I'm rejected, it's nothing compared to the glory that I'll receive later. That's going to come later. Am I prepared to tell others about my relationship with God? I'm challenged and encouraged by, by the Scripture today. And I want us to be challenged and encouraged today by His Word by, by us maybe shifting a little bit. Shifting a little bit is good, isn't it? If we are shifting towards him. And so we had um, Dylan Long with us this year. I think it was August this year. And so some of you may have heard Dylan Long, a great South African. And um, he... It was very, very inspiring to me, very encouraging to me around all of this. And so some of you may have come to Dare to Share, um, but I thought he, he just puts it so well. And so we're actually going to watch a little bit of Dylan Long, Share at Dare to Share, but I encourage you to watch the whole lot in your own time. But if you turn your eyes to the screen, then have a little listen to him
1: so for me what kind of happened was i grew up in a church like that never like i would see i grew up in a house that prophesying was normal healing the sick was normal all of that stuff was normal but i just wouldn't take it out into the streets does that make sense so i remember when i was 18 i moved to california no real reason why my grades just weren't very good i was like god no i said mom and dad i don't know what i'm going to do with my life i'm going to go to bethel church for a year, just because it's in america right that's all honestly that's why I'm going to America, you know, land of the free, home of the brave. And I went out there, and God put these people in my life. I would just be going to Walmart with them. And, he, and this guy, one of them is Ben Fitzgerald, who starred in Awakening Europe. And we're just walking into Walmart, and he's like, Hey, bro, Jesus loves you. Do you have pain in your back? And the guy's back's getting healed. And I'm like, God, no one was even playing the keys.
0: How is this happening?
1: Outside of church, the guy wasn't even a believer. But I started to see that and I was like, God, if, if, that, if I have access to that, I want it in my life. That was my honest heart cry. I was like, God, I've been a Christian for 10, 15 years, all that I can remember, as long as I can remember. But it never looked exciting to me. And suddenly I was like, God, if I have access to that, then Christianity is not a boring religion where I just attend church. I want it. Mm. I don't want to just be stuck going to church, Bible school, reading my Bible, but not seeing power. I was like, if I have access to it, I want it in my life. I don't want a boring Christian life anymore. But the problem was, God made me shy. He made me afraid of people. And I was like, okay, God. So then every morning, when I was, at, when I was living in Redding, California, at Bethel Church, I had a roommate, so I couldn't have time alone so my morning time i went into my clothing cupboard it was a little walk in cupboard i'd lie under my clothes play my little iphone 4 and read my bible and that was my time going he would walk and be like oh sorry and like take his shirt out i'm like don't worry i'm just spending time with god and after praying for two or three weeks i was like god i want to see what my friends are seeing i want to see miracles i want to see power i want to see words of knowledge i want more than just a boring christian life and So one day the Holy Spirit asked me this one question that changed my life forever. So when He asked me this question, like I said, I was never sharing the gospel at that point. Never wanted to share the gospel. I was afraid of people. And three months later, every day I was sharing the gospel on the Mm streets. A year later, I was taking people out on the streets. Two years later, I was standing on a stadium stage in front of 15,000 people commissioning them to go and preach the gospel. And it all started with this one question in that small, tiny cupboard lying underneath my clothes. And the holy spirit asked me this he said what's more important to you people's opinions of you or their eternity wow super intense i know it was one of those moments where i was like i wish i hadn't prayed that prayer (laughs) because basically what god did was he was like you've been praying i'm putting the ball back in your court what are the priorities there'll be in your life so he wasn't condemning me he wasn't saying you're a bad person i don't love you i'm annoyed at you he was basically saying like hey here's the answer to your prayer you want to step out what are the priorities in your life what's more important to me people's opinions of me or their eternity and and i just couldn't get i ended the secret place i was like okay god that's enough for today i kind of tried to ignore the question i was like actually it was a nice prayer i was like i'm actually pretty comfortable though god like it was a nice prayer i was just trying to be nice hopefully one day i'd wake up and i'd be free of people's opinions that's what i'm more looking for god not not you giving me the choice I prefer the encounter, I walk out, sort to Paul, preaching the gospel, not afraid of anyone. But then I'm walking into Walmart and suddenly every person I walk by, I have a thought, with God, I can change their eternity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all that's stopping me is their opinion of me. And I'm like, oh no God. (laughs) Because I'm walking by them and I'm like, right now, I have the ability with God to change their eternity. And literally all that's stopping me is their opinion of me, which probably isn't even accurate, my thought of it, right? you ever thought about them We are like oh they're gonna think i'm stupid you don't know what they think i didn't know what they think they aren't my best friend i'll probably never see them again yet i'm still afraid of what are they going to think about me like they could hate me and it wouldn't change my life at all are you with me yeah. like it's such a big deal in our mind what if they reject you what if they reject you will it change your life at all probably not and then I was like, okay. So I started this journey of overcoming the fear of man. Overcoming the fear of man is a journey. Yeah. I was like, okay, God, I'm going to make people's eternity more important than their opinions of me. And the evangelism looked terrible at first. I would beg my friends, please take me to Walmart. They would argue over who got to take me so they could walk behind and watch because it looked so bad. <laughs> I would just walk up and I would go, hey, Jesus loves you so much and I'd just walk away. Because <laughs> I was still afraid of him. But after doing that for two or three weeks, suddenly I started breaking off the fear of man and I could actually engage with people. And I could actually start to love them. Breaking the fear of man is a journey Mm. because it's a choice to keep renewing your mind on the truth. Mm. Mm. That you don't find your identity in what somebody else thinks about you. See, now I've been doing this for years and now my honest reaction when somebody rejects me, this is the honest truth. If somebody rejects me, I walk away actually happy. Because my process has become, God, I thank you. I don't find my identity in how they treat me. I find it in how you love me. Mm-hmm. Now, that's taken years of being rejected and saying, God, I thank you. I don't find my identity in how they treat me. But it was a journey to get to that place of not caring what people thought about me. Their eternity is much more important. And I'll just say, hey, Jesus loves you. And sometimes people say, well, Jesus loves you. That's so simple. Or, But I remember in the very beginning when I I basically said to God I'm going to share the gospel with one person every day that was my commitment to God to overcome the fear of man and it was just as simple as hey Jesus loves you sometimes more can't really go less because that's very little <laughs> Jesus loves to walk away but I remember one day I was lying in my bed maybe like six months to a year and it was like 11 o'clock at night and I was like I didn't share with anyone today and I'm like I didn't feel condemned I just wanted to do it you know what I mean I wasn't doing it to be right with God or to be loved by God. I made a choice. I want to speak to one person every day. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get out of my bed and walk. So I started walking. I live in a good neighborhood. No one's really out in a good neighborhood at 11 or 12 at night. <laughs> so I'm walking downtown and Reading in California is actually quite a sketchy city. A, you're really sketchy in some areas. So I'm walking and I'm getting into the bad part of town. It's getting to 12 o'clock. I'm like, oh, no, this isn't good. God, send me someone, please. So as I'm walking, I look across the road, and there's a gas station. And in the gas station, there's a man pumping gas. My heart starts to beat. I try to do that thing of, like, you keep walking, like, because God was like, speak to that man. So I try to do that thing where I'm like, God, that man? Oh, it's too late, God. <laughs> right? We've all been there. Which guy? Oh, this guy? Oh, God. But it's a gas station. It's far away. So it's taking too long. I can't get away with that. So I'm like, OK, God. And then I'm like, you know how we argue with God? I'm like, God, you gave me the gift of discernment. I can see that man's a
0: gangster. He's
1: dangerous. I'm not going to speak to him because that's risking my life, God. And God's like, speak to that man. He's like, okay, here's the deal. I'll shout from here across the two lanes into the gas station so I can still get away. And God accepted my deal. or so I think that's how I remember it. So I'm like, hey, Jesus loves you. And I put my head down and I'm walking. I'm gone. And this guy shouts, hey, come back here. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God no. I'm like quoting scripture. I'm like, I shall live and not die. I'm like, I'm like bringing up all my prophecies. God, you said this would happen. It hasn't happened yet. I'm still believing. And I'm walking up to him across the two lanes, getting to the gas station, and I'm like looking around like, is there somebody around who can see this in case something goes wrong? Because something could go, oh, God, you know, I've got sermon, he's a gangster. So I walk up to him, and I'll never forget it. He literally just looks at me, still pumping gas. He's like, you're the third person today to tell me about God. What do I need to do to get my life right with God? I was like, that's right, I'm a great evangelist. But the reason I share that story is not because I'm a great evangelist, but because often we don't think about the two other people that got rejected that day. Their two rejections led to this man being born again. So we've made success seeing somebody born again. Were the other two people unsuccessful? No. Seeing someone born again is not success. Success for you and I is obedience. Success is taking a risk. If you get rejected, you are still successful. Because you're either part of the journey of drawing somebody to God's heart or part of the harvest, but there's no way you can fail yeah wow. mm-hmm. if you get rejected, you were successful yeah, good, man. Mm-hmm. so if we keep stepping out, eventually through sowing seed, we'll see a harvest. yeah, but we can't be afraid. we can't make success seeing someone born again. Mm-hmm. Success is you and I stepping out and taking a risk, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, Jesus loves you so much."
0: Very good, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't he good at practicing? Practicing going out and sharing about Jesus. One thing that he said was, A "Divorce." We've got to divorce the lie that says, "I don't need to share the gospel." Divorce the lie. Another thing that he said was that he was shy. He was shy. You know, and that's something that I could easily use as an excuse for myself. I would say I'm naturally a shy person. And so maybe, you know, it's better for the people that are a bit more out there to go and share about Jesus. But no, He said to me, Jesus said to me, will you share about me? Well, don't be ashamed of me and my message. He said that to me. And um, Dylan Long said that person. Boldness, sorry, boldness is not a personality type. Boldness is not a personality type. Proverbs 28.1 says that the righteous are as bold as lions. So are you shy? How many are shy here? Would call themselves shy like me? Are you righteous? You're in a relationship with God? Then you're bold. Then you're bold. As bold as a lion. Proverbs 28.1 says... Boldness is not a personality type. We are bold when we are in relationship with God. And so why don't we be kingdom-focused? Kingdom-focused every single day, daily, as Naomi said, daily. Making people's eternity more important than people's opinions of us. Didn't you like that line of his? Making people's eternity more important about their opinion of me. You know, and, um, for myself, sometimes I, you know, I can think, oh, it's quite easy to open up in a way, but especially if somebody says to you, you know, what do you do for a living? What do you do during your week? And I know, I guess I'm a pastor, a pastor or a pastor's wife. And so I can easily step out with that. But do you know it's not always easy to say that because the amount of times that people will just shut down on me, pretty much reject you just because you say that. It's amazing. Or even even if you're in a group of a group of friends, maybe you know, on your, and you're meeting other friends. Or I even think of you know there were, we had the um, keep calm. It's Christmas night here. It was a great night with all the ladies on a Monday night, you know, and I met a few, few ladies. And, and so, you know, I was getting on really well with a few ladies that I hadn't met before. And then it was like, oh, what do you, you know, what do you do? And soon as I said, it was like, oh, shut down. Don't want to talk to her anymore. You know, and it's, so, sometimes it's easy for me to go, oh, I don't know if I want to tell them. But isn't that me being unashamed? Oh, sorry, ashamed, ashamed of Jesus and His message, and so I'm challenged because I need to tell them, and then allow Holy Spirit to do whatever He wants. I need to tell them the joy that I have in being able to get up every morning in a relationship with God. The joy that I have through ups and downs—that He's with me always—or even like you know the the pitch that I saw before being battered or bruised—or, or in the joys, you know, I get to do life with a heavenly Father who loves me so much. Why should I be ashamed of sharing that? He's asked me not to be ashamed; otherwise, He'll be ashamed of me. Oh, I can't bear that thought of Jesus being ashamed of me. So I'm challenged. I don't want to be ashamed of Him. So I want to encourage us as a church, as fellow Christians together, Christ followers, I I want to encourage us to be on the journey of breaking that fear of man. Be on the journey together, you know, practising like Dylan Long said. You know, uh, my older brother with his kids, um, when he was trying to teach them to, um, to eat certain foods that, you know, like, you know, broccoli and Brussels sprouts and all of that sort of stuff that kids don't often really like that much. He was saying, no, we're just going to practise. We're just going to have a little bit. We're practising. We're practising and eating them. And, 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 and now, I mean, they're adults now, his children, but now they're amazing at eating all sorts of food because we practise. And so why don't we be like that about sharing, sharing our faith, maybe breaking the fear of man, being breaking down that, or what are they going to think of me? No, I'm just going to practise. I'm just going to step out a little bit and share about who God is to me, about who Jesus is to me. I'm just going to practise a little bit okay, that was okay. Or maybe, oh, that was hard. Okay, let's just practice again. Let's just do it again. And bit by bit, as we heard the Dylan Long share, it got easier and easier and easier and easier. And then you have stories like he had of going with the guy at the service station. If If he had have kept walking, then that guy wouldn't have had that third time round, someone telling him, how do I know that somebody hasn't, Maybe they've said in their mind, man, God, if you're really real, then why don't you send somebody to tell me, you know? And what if I just go, no, God, I don't want to. And they miss out. Maybe, who knows? Like that story of Dylan Long's. We're still gonna feel fear, probably. We'll probably still feel fear. Or be at least far from comfortable. But we need to get to the point where it no longer controls us, it no longer controls us. I encourage you to watch the rest of that. dear to share. It's on our uh, church Facebook page. You can watch all of it there. Another great thought that Dylan gave was that if we, if God gave us a million dollars, maybe you know we had a few envelopes together, and you know each envelope had a million dollars in it, and He said, "I want you to go and give that." to whoever you want. I'd be pretty excited about getting up and going off to whoever, strangers, whoever, and going, you would not believe it. I have a million dollars to give to you. I think I'd be pretty, you know, I'd get over my shyness, I think, and go and do that. And so then he challenged and he said, maybe we need a fresh revelation of how amazing it is to wake up right with God every single day. Because in actual fact, it's a whole lot better than a million dollars in an envelope. Maybe we need the fresh revelation of how amazing that is,